2 Corinthians chapter 12, begin reading at verse number 7. And the Bible reads, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of sharing, asking that as you've already been in control, that the power of the Holy Ghost would continue to be in control. You said that it's not by power nor by might, but that it is only by your spirit. We give you the right of way that no flesh would glory in your presence, but God, that you would get the glory out of the services today. Broken hearts would be mended, minds regulated, every crooked path made straight, every valley exalted by the power of God. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for restoration that is in the house on this morning. We give you praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and every heart and mind says, Amen. If I would have a thought for this morning, my thought would be twofold. My first thought would be what to do when God says no. And my second thought would be you are stronger than what you think. Our text this morning is coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Most theologians seem to suggest and believe that it was penned by none other than the Honorable Apostle Paul, who in my opinion is one of the greatest apostles to ever live. If you study the life of the Apostle Paul, he was one that God chose that would not have been picked by the church. If it was left up to the church, the Apostle Paul never would have gotten saved. Because of the life he lived, because of his character, because he was one that persecuted the church. And the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 8 that there was a preaching deacon by the name of Stephen and Stephen preached so with so much clarity and wisdom to the Bible said that they looked to put their fingers in their ears but that deacon Stephen the first martyr the first Christian to die for his faith after he was stoned the Bible said that they would take their clothes and took the clothes and laid it at the feet of this man by the name of Saul at the time later on would become the apostle Paul one chapter later in Acts chapter 9, he's on his way to Damascus to bring more havoc to the church. Persecuting Christians, going into their homes, hailing them off to jail, and killing some. But on his way going to Damascus, the Bible says that there was a light that shined about him and around the men that were with him that shined brighter than the noonday sun. It would be this light that the Apostle Paul would see and God would begin to speak through that light and tell Paul that you are chosen vessel to me and you must suffer many things for my name. 
It would be this apostle Paul who would start his missionary journey, study at the feet of a man by the name of Gamiel. He stays in Damascus for three years and he starts his missionary journey and he begins to preach the gospel. This apostle Paul, who's going to be the greatest apostle or one of the greatest apostles ever lived, he was a man that not only established churches, but he lived what he preached. Two different occasions, he would go and encounter people that were um, invaded by a spirit or unclean spirit. And he would speak to the unclean spirit, showing that he not only had power to preach, but he had power to cast the devil out. If there's anything that you and I can gain from the Apostle Paul life is that the church still has power. We can get so accustomed to dancing and shouting over the material until we forget that when you receive Christ, he imparts to you and I spiritual power and authority. And you and I as believers, we must not be afraid nor ashamed to look situations in their eyes and speak life even in the midst of death. We must not be afraid to walk in that spiritual authority that can only come through Christ. But it would be this apostle Paul that as God would use him to establish churches, he establishes a church down in Corinth. It would be this Corinthian church that was a problematic church. Corinthian church, I, I don't know if it was a bunch of hood folk in there, a bunch of black folk in there. I just know he had a whole lot of trouble out of them Corinthian folk. Corinthian folk, they, they, they were the China church. They wouldn't give you no money. They weren't going to give you no offering. This, this Corinthian church, they, they, they were sleeping with folk. They were still drinking while they was in church. This Corinthian folk, I believe they were getting high in the parking lot. I'm talking about this Corinthian church. So Paul picks up his pen and he began to write the first letter to the Corinthian church and begin to tell them that, listen, uh, they that do these things, you will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. He begins to warn them. And after Paul sends the first letter to warn them, it says that historians believe uh, that he begins to pen a second letter. And it's the second letter that we find ourselves here in 2 Corinthians that Paul would begin to write this on his second missionary journey. And as he began to pen this letter, the second letter of Corinthians, he would let them know that, listen, I'm writing because I have some folks, some agnostics that are contending with what I preach. He had established a church and he had left that church. And as he left that church, people crept in preaching another gospel. And so Paul is writing this letter back to the Corinthian church to reassure them that he has the real thing. It is here that we find that the apostle Paul, just like in churches of old, even our churches of today, that we will face opposition. We will face those that will not believe in Christ the way that we believe. It is a good indicator just to throw the name of Jesus out there to some of your friends. I found out that folk don't have a problem with you mentioning God. They don't have, you can mention God all day long. You can go to the graduation and say God all day long and you will not offend anybody because half of the people believe that there is a God somewhere or in some type of God. You got a few atheists that's still hanging around but whenever you start talking about that name Jesus baby, you're going to have some problem problems you're going to have opposition because everybody and the most people believe in a universal God they believe in a sky God but when I say that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh and that there is no salvation apart from him baby you're gonna start losing some friends you want to find out if your friends are real friends and not tell them how you feel about Jesus Jesus name has always been a separator you remember in the book of Acts when Peter then began to start churches and preach the gospel after the Holy Ghost fell and 
Acts chapter 2, it would be Peter that would begin to preach and tell them that there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. They arrest Peter them and they, they take them to jail and they beat them and they tell them you can no longer preach in that name. What am I saying to you that baby, the name of Jesus ain't just start being a problem. It was a problem over 2,000 years ago. That's why when you grab and you call on the name, you got to call on the name in faith because the name still has power. You have to forgive me. I've been in church all my life so I still believe in old school church. I still believe that there are sometimes you have to get on your knees and just call on his name. I, I ain't want to ask you for nothing. Lord, I just want to call on your name because it is in that name that every knee will bow, every tongue must confess that he is Lord of lords, kings of kings. You can bow now, bow later, but sooner or later your knees got to bow at that name. The devil don't even respect nothing else but that name. You can come to the enemy and say God all day long and the devil will not move. But the minute you start talking about yo, the minute you start mentioning Jesus, baby, you, you got you something. You got something that the enemy respects. You remember when Jesus was here, he came up on a boy from the complex and the Bible says that he had devils in him. And when the enemy began to speak back to Jesus, he said that my name is Legion. Simply means that there are thousands of devils in this one body. But it was over a thousand devils in one man. But it was only one Jesus. And the thousands of devils had enough respect to say, listen, don't cast me out before time. Do we have permission just to go? down to the pigs do we have permission because there were power in that name it's the apostle paul as we have opposition in the church he begins to pin this letter he begins to encourage the corinthian saints he tells them in that first chapter he says for all of the promises of god in him that they are yes and amen he encourages them that the same god that i've been preaching to you about is the same god that's not just a promise maker but he is a promise keeper I found out a lot of folk can make promises, everybody just can't keep them. And so God, he's saying that I'm not just a promise maker, but I am a promise keeper. Man can make you a promise and mean exactly what he says, but because man is limited, he can run into complications. But I'm so thankful that the God we serve will never run into complications. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. He's always going from where he's coming, and there is nothing that can stop him from getting the promises back to me I believe it like this that God's promises they are so sure it's almost like a billionaire with his checkbook baby if a billionaire pull out his checkbook and write you a check you can take that to the bank when God gives you a promise you ought to tell your neighbor you can take that to the bank it ain't it ain't gonna bounce it's not gonna bounce it's not gonna get rejected because God made it he has enough in the account to cover the charge if he makes a promise he is able to bring it to pass Paul will tell them that where the spirit of the Lord is oh, right here while I feel this thing and, and so what happens is that God lets us know through the writing of Job that there's a fence around every believer some of y'all don't believe that there's a fence around you. You don't, you don't believe that it could be worse than what it was, but there was a fence around you when you lost control of the car and should have lost your life. There was a fence around you when they had that gun leveled off at your face. There was a fence around you when they were gathered together getting ready to take you out. There was a fence around you. There's, there's a fence. There's, a, there's an invisible fence, but there's a fence around you. Huh. 
How do you know it? How do you know it? You don't preach in the book of Psalms uh, 34. If you just indulge me, please. Psalms 34 and 7. It says that the angel of the Lord, he encamped about the, the righteous. In other words, uh, there's angels that are assigned to you and they don't leave you. They sleep with you. Y'all ain't going to, when you lay down, your angels lay down with you. When you wake up, your angel wake up with you. You don't even know it. There's so many angels in here right now because you got your angel and I got my angel and we got our, y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. You, you can't even see it. When I say high five your neighbor, your angel high fiving my angel saying, Young Jones is preaching. You won't even say it, but your angel saying, preach Young Jones. You won't even give me an amen, but your angel is saying, you better preach it like you feel. Somebody shout. Then it's encamped about me. I got protection. It's all, it's all around me. Yo, you don't have your seats here. I don't want to, I don't want to get you jumping too soon. Tell you, I want to I get back to my text. I don't want to, I want to mislead anybody. Let me get back to my text here. So if a messenger of Satan is bringing a thorn to Paul, only way he could get in, God had to leave the gate open. What has happened to some of us is that we don't realize that God has left the gate open. Y'all don't mind me talking for a little while, do you? See, when God leaves the gate open, you go through emotional changes. <laughs> uh-huh. Y'all, oh, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm already out here. It, 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 it ain't even your 30-day time, and you're going through. I'm talking about when your gate is open. Y'all ain't going to talk back. When the gate is open, men have one day a month. When the gate is open, we... We go through emotional changes when the gate is open. Y'all ain't going to talk like I want. I don't know if we need to run to the store and get a pad or what. But we go through emotional changes when the gate is open. Job, Job said it best. Job said when my gate was left open, Job said I had days. Job said when God left the gate open, he said, I had days I didn't understand what God was doing. Had days I prayed and it seemed like there was no answer. I had days that I felt like God was my enemy. Anybody going to tell the truth in here? You ever felt like God was against you? You ever felt like every door you tried to walk in, he closed? There were days when my gate was open. Job, Job said I had days. Well, I wish I never would have been born. He had days where I wish I would have been born a stillborn baby. Because his gate, you don't have your seats here. His gate was open. What do you see, Young Jones? Is that when God leaves the gate open, he leaves the gate open for the enemy to test you. He leaves the gate open so you can really understand if your faith is real faith. Untested faith ain't sure faith. You don't know how sure your faith is until your faith's been tested. So he leaves the door open to find out if you really believe in prayer. Do you really believe in that name, Jesus? Do you really believe that God can work it out anyway? Do you really believe that God will do it just for you? Your gate's been open. I can't talk like I want to. 
It ain't because I come to encourage somebody. It's not because you made a bad decision. It's not because God don't love you or like you. It's because God is trying you. Somebody shout, I'm being tried by the fire and I shall come forth. Spirit go. If I preach right now, y'all ain't going to get finished. The other reason that God leaves the gate open is to keep you and I humble. There is nothing that runs you closer and faster to God like an attack from the enemy. Y'all pray for me. A, a, a good attack from the enemy on your baby. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. You wasn't even that serious about salvation until the enemy touched your household. Now all of a sudden now you, you praying like you're a little baby priest or something. Y'all ain't going to talk. There, there are some of you here this morning because the enemy has attacked you. Y'all ain't going to talk back. God left the gate open to run you back home. I can't talk. Somebody shout it. It'll humble you. It'll keep you dependent upon God. And sought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Paul, the apostle Paul, established churches. He's been through things. He stood for the gospel. This man was so anointed one time and he was preaching. A man named Eutychus fell out of the window and broke his neck. The apostle Paul goes down and prays the boy back to life. We're talking about the apostle Paul here. He knows God and God knows him. He hears the apostle Paul's prayer. But Paul say, I had to pray three times. What do you see, young Jones? Is that Paul not only prayed three times, but the Bible says that he besought the Lord. That, that, that word besought means that he pleaded with God. You, you ever been in a place in your life where you were just pleading with God to make it better? You were just urging God to, Lord, I can't take no more. I need you to make it. Like Paul said, I've been there three times. I was begging God. You ever beg God to let you out? You ever... You ever beg to be brought out of the fire? You ever, you ever beg for break? You ever beg just for a little bit of peace? You ever beg for somebody to love you the way that you love them? You ever beg God? Paul, Paul said, I've been there. He said, I beg God three times. <laughs> Holy Ghost, help me preach this thing. He urges and he pleads and he begs God to take it away. But the request was denied. <laughs> What do you do? When you feel that you've taken all that you can and God denies your request. Oh, oh. See, see, it's one thing for the bait to deny you. But when God denies you, the one that said you can ask what you will, but for this he says no. Y'all, you know. What? What do I do, preacher? When my request is denied. What do I do, young preacher, when I ask God for something and his response don't agree with me? <laughs> what do I do, young preacher, when God stopped being the genie in the bottle? What do I do when God stopped working tricks in my life? What do I do? Somebody shout, what do I do? Young preacher, when my access is denied, what do I do? When my request is denied, what do I do? When I feel like if one more thing go wrong, I'm going to lose my mind. And God tells me to stay right there. What, what do I do? Young preacher, I wish I had some good news for you, but I don't. Just in case Paul wasn't big enough. Just in case Paul Bridges wasn't big enough. Just in case Paul's title wasn't big enough. There's another man by the name of Jesus. 
sitting down in the garden of Gethsemane getting ready to face the cross the greatest trial he's ever faced before in his life and he got so emotional y'all ain't gonna let me preach in here till he gets on his knees and he says Lord if it be possible take this cup away from me but his request was denied what do I do, Jones, when I don't want to suffer anymore? What do I do when I'm tired of going through? And God says, no. I feel like preaching. Y'all pray for me here. I got one more thing to tell you. And I'm going to try to get on out y'all way, Mike, but I feel good while I'm preaching. See, as a natural father, as a natural parent, there's sometimes your child come to you and your child has a request. But the thing that they're requesting is not good for them. So as a natural parent, you will deny their request. They may cry when you deny it. But you're not denying it to hurt them. You're denying it to help them. Y'all, they gonna, y'all, y'all, y'all missed that one. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed, y'all, y'all, y'all missed, y'all missed that one. What, what are you saying, young Jones? That God's no is really a yes. His no is not to hurt you. His no is that he knows the situation you're in now is going to bless you. Y'all y'all ought to tell your neighbor, it might be painful. It might be ugly. But I declare, God is going to get the glory out of your situation. It's going to bless you more. Feel. <laughs> Say, neighbor, God ain't trying to hurt you. He's just trying to help you. That's all. He's he just trying to help you here. That's all he want to do. He just want to help you. So the apostle Paul, he gets to the place where God tells him no. He gets to the place where he's besotted the Lord three times. And the Bible says in verse number nine that God begins to talk back to Paul. And he says that my grace is sufficient for you. Tell your neighbor God's grace. It is sufficient for you. I don't care what you're going through and I don't care what you're facing. Maybe God is saying, I'm not going to deliver you now. You got to suffer for a little while longer but he told Paul that my grace is sufficient I dare you to turn to your neighbor and say neighbor I know you got favor on your life but you need a little bit of grace to make it so I found out that favor can lend you the job but it's the grace that'll cause you to keep your sanity can I preach like I feel y'all because I got the grace in my life and because you got grace in your life you ain't blew your brains out by now see the only reason you're still here with the trial that you're in with the trouble that you're facing with the struggles that you face on a day-to-day -day basis is that the grace of God it is on your side the only reason you can still praise is because of the grace the only reason you can still smile is because of the grace and I dare somebody that's feeling a little weak in your spirit to say Lord give me some more grace I need the grace to be able to make it the Hebrew writer said he said we can boldly come before the throne of grace and find mercy and obtain grace in the time of need is there anybody here you're going through a struggle and you need the grace of God. You're saying, God, if you ain't gonna move it, then give me strength to take it. God, if you ain't gonna move it, then give me strength to bear it. If you ain't gonna move it, give me strength to hope my grace is sufficient and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You don't never see God's strength until you get weak. You can't even see his hand until you get weak. You don't know he's a way maker until you get weak. What are you saying, young Jones? I'm about to shout because I'm weak. I'm about to praise because I'm weak. Because when I'm weak, somebody shout, he is strong. When I am weak, God is about to show up and show out 
church uh, turn to your neighbor uh, and say grace is on the way uh, so Paul said it like this uh, he said because I got the grace uh, and the grace is all I need uh, he said I got some news for y'all uh, he said I'm not gonna glory uh, in the material uh, I'm not gonna glory uh, because of the house I stay in uh, I'm not gonna glory uh, because of the car that I can drive uh, I'm not gonna glory uh, because of my job uh, but I'm gonna glory uh, because of my pain uh, is there somebody here uh, that can give God glory uh, not for the pleasure uh, but for your pain uh, can you give God glory uh, for every down day uh, can you give God glory uh, for every ugly day uh, can you give God glory uh, for everything you didn't understand uh, I dare you to turn to a neighbor uh, and say I'm about to give him glory uh, I don't know what you gonna do uh, but I got to give him glory uh, you see I ain't been perfect uh, I ain't made all the right decisions uh, I've made some mistakes uh, I've been dirty some days uh, but I got to give him glory uh, I'm looking for the believer uh, that I shout God uh, I got to give you glory uh, can I preach like I feel y'all uh, I'm about to go home uh, because when you give God the glory uh, the psalmist said uh, I will bless the Lord uh, at all times uh, and his praises uh, shall continue to be within my mouth uh, do I have an all time praise uh, where my praise is at uh, those that are giving glory uh, those that are giving honor uh, and so Paul is saying uh, he said now once I give him glory uh, he said now the power of Christ uh, he said it's going to rest on me uh, I dare somebody uh, to throw your head back uh, like you doing the preaching uh, and say Lord uh, let your power uh, let it rest on me uh, I don't want it to move and go uh, I don't want it to go and stay uh, but I need your power uh, to rest on me uh, I need your power uh, to stay on me uh, I need your power uh, to be in me uh, because without your power uh, Lord I ain't gonna make it uh, without your power uh, I'll go crazy uh, without your power uh, I'm gonna leave my husband uh, without your power uh, I'm gonna walk away from my marriage uh, without your power uh, shout power uh, shout power uh, shout power uh, shout power uh, I'm about to go home uh, but I got one more verse uh, and I feel like preaching in here turn to your neighbor uh, and say neighbor uh, he feel like preaching uh, can I preach like I feel uh, in verse number 10 uh, the apostle Paul says uh, he say for when I am weak uh, he says then I'm strong uh, what you say Paul uh, he say when I'm weak uh, he say then I'm strong uh, you're talking about the same person uh, he says I'm weak uh, he say but then I'm strong uh, what does Paul do young Jones uh, he gives us a paradox uh, see the paradoxal uh, of the paradox uh, is that he's weak uh, and he's strong uh, I dare you to tell your neighbor uh, you got a paradox uh, if you are a believer uh, what is the paradox Jones uh, for those that love God uh, that even when we're down uh, baby we're up uh, when we should be worried uh, we still got peace uh, when we should be crying uh, we still got joy uh, when we are weak uh, somebody shout I'm strong uh, tell your neighbor uh, you're stronger than what you think uh, you're stronger than what you know uh, God is in you uh, power is in you uh, shout I got power uh, I got power uh, I got power uh, I got power uh, you will survive uh, you got to survive
survive. You got to make it. Not because I said so, but God said so. Grab your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to make it. You got to got to out of this trial. You got to got to keep on pushing. You got to got to keep on praying. You got to got to keep on praising. Shall I got to do it? I got to do it. 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 I got to praise. I got to shout. I got to dance. I got to love. I got to shout victory. Shout victory. Shout victory. Victory. It shall be mine. Victory. It's already mine. Shout Zion. Shout Zion. Shout Zion. You got to shout it to the devil turn you loose. You got to shout it to the Holy Ghost move. You got to shout it. You got to shout it. Dig down deep. Forget about your neighbor. Get your mind on God. And shout. 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 Shout.